Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope to help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Well, welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Uh, we're happy to be back uh, coming at you with another High Impact Man. Today's guest is Dr. Jason Mermo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He'll correct me if I didn't. Anyway, in uh, in F3 world, he is known as Zamboni. We're going to find out all about his name and what makes him a High Impact Man. Uh, he uh, uh, is a physician practicing the, D- the Dakotas. And uh, for those who don't know what F3 is, you ought to listen to this anyway, because this is a guy who took initiative. Uh, he noticed that he needed there was something missing in his life in a fitness level, but also in fellowship and et cetera. He he didn't even participate in F three, and he planted his own shovel flag, meaning he started his own F three region uh, in the Dakotas. And um, and I, again, he you know has a, a medical practice that he carries on and a family and stuff like that. So I think you'll all be blessed to hear his story, uh, and uh, we're we're looking forward to it. I'm your host, Nevin Gorky. I'm known as D-Fib and the gloom by my F3 brothers. And I'm joined, as always, by Troy Klinger, my co-host, who's known as Dial-Up in the gloom. Dial-Up, we got some we got some tropical weather here today. We do have. It's uh, very warm, very humid. Yeah. It's, I, like, it's like exercising in a sauna, no matter sauna. what time you go. Yeah, I just went for a run. I'm working night shift in the hospital, and... Uh, I hate it. I suck at it. This is I the time. Sleep of, well, this is the time of the year, though, when the guys down south, though, are probably like, "Oh, yeah, right, yeah, it's hot and humid." <laughs> uh, kind of like in the winter time, whenever they're like, "Oh, it's cold. It's like forty degrees." Yeah, but our, our ours is worse. It's much worse. Yeah, true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I just went for a run right before we got started, and I'm still sweating after my shower. So anyway, uh, it's been it's it actually makes my back feel better though. So I'm happy for that. Okay, um, did you go through any drive-throughs recently? <laughs> no. Okay, good. So no, you, but, you didn't leave uh, any food behind. Glad some folks got some chuckles out of that last week. Yeah. For those who you, who don't know, you don't know. That's all right. That's right. We'll keep it amongst ourselves. Yeah, that's if right. If you don't know, you need to listen to last week's episode. Yes. G-Ray. Yeah, the episode with G-Ray was, I think, was outstanding. It was, what a guy. Yes, yeah, it was cool to hear the feedback from our packs that, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing that these guys have been working out with G-Ray, some for more than a year, and didn't know right. a, a lot of his, of his story. So kind of... Kind of cool, in some ways kind of sad, you know. Maybe we yeah. can do a little bit better job uh, getting to know one another. But uh, it was it was good that it got out there and folks were able to hear it. Yeah, and I think uh, people are going to be uh, inspired by it. He overcame leukemia. So anyway, you check that podcast out. But first, check this one out that we're coming at you with. And uh, we're going to introduce uh, Zamboni to you now. Uh, Zamboni, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, how's the weather in North Dakota? Right now, it is awesome. It's like 90, hot, uh, humid. Anybody who's not from the Midwest, you probably are laughing because they're like, it's, you know, raining all the time or humid. And But it's very nice weather right now. Wow, 90. I know it got that hot up in North Dakota. Are you in yeah, every f- once in a while it does. It, was up, it got up to 104 a couple weeks ago. Wow. Are you, uh, are you in Fargo? You betcha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. I never saw the movie. Just for the disclaimer there. I never Neither saw have the I. Yeah. All right, I bet I better though because I, I hear it's a good movie. Our apologies. Yeah. Apologies. Sorry, we we can't, we won't get any references. It is another chance though to offend a state though because it's the first we've uh, had anybody from the Dakotas. Right. I don't know how many people paid attention a number of episodes ago, but I I had a suggestion that uh, they just join the Carolinas, North and South, make them one big Carolina. And I said, they probably should do the same thing with Dakota. So you can take that with you, Zamboni, <laughs> you know, to your state representatives. Yeah, just join the two, make one big, big Dakota. That's that's a good suggestion. I mean, it uh, it might work out for our favor. The one thing you might know, I mean, the movie, of course, uh, but then uh, probably, uh, so the UND hockey team is always typically, they're Division One. they're always in the, top so if you're a hockey fan and then the uh ndsu bison their uh fcs their division uh one double a uh but they've won the fcs championship i don't know like eight or nine times yeah that's where uh, uh what's his name played quarterback right our old eagles carson wentz didn't he play quarterback there yep yeah i thought so 
Yeah. Well, he's taking his lumps in the NFL now, but he's 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 still done well. All right. Well, Zamboni, uh, the usual questions for the F three guys out there. They want to know how you how you got involved with F three. Now, I kind of know that story. That's part of your story. But uh, how'd you get the name Zamboni? Uh, so it kind of goes along a little bit with our story of when we started. So, uh, I grew up playing hockey and so they just kind of told me the name. And I know that when I, when we started and I was telling people about it, you know, it's meant to be a little teasing, a little ironic. And, um, uh, I don't think we fully understood cause we had three virgin or three FNGs, I guess. Mm-hmm at our first workout. And so, um, we were kind of learning on the fly. And so Dilly Dilly was a, a huge help and, you know, was giving kind of examples on how names were given. And I'd even use his example as a name, but I don't think it kind of fully, uh, it took a little bit of practice. Um, and so it's a good name. I like it. Yeah. It certainly um, could be worse, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it could have been toothless or something like that. You know, hockey player. I don't know. Slapshot. Slapshot. Foil. Foil would have been a good one. Foil. From Slapshot. Hanson Brothers. You could have been Hanson. <laughs> Was that their name? The guys with the, the, the goons with the glasses? The Hanson Brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. For those of you who don't know the movie Slapshot, that's an old one. You better go look it up. Paul Newman. Is, was it Paul Newman that was in it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Quite a while ago. All right. Um, so, tell me. Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. Tell us. Uh, you told me in your bio, but tell the people are listening, uh, where you grew up and what it was like, what was your family life was like, what it was like growing up in the Dakotas? Uh, well, uh, so I have, uh, an older brother. Um, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a nurse, uh, and they got divorced when I was really young. So, uh, I spent, uh, winters in the, uh, with my mom in Fargo and summers with my dad, um, in Aberdeen. And, uh, you know, you make the best of the situation as you can. And, uh, and then I graduated high school in Aberdeen and then went to two years of college there and then transferred up to Alaska after that. Not cause I wanted to, uh, cause I was thinking, Oh wow, Alaska is a great college. I should go up there cause they have good biology. Um, I think I saw iron will too many times as a kid. And I was like, I want a dog sled. <laughs> and I was like, I-, I should go to Alaska to do that. And so, um, I went up to Alaska and then I ended up liking the school so much. I transferred up there and that's where I graduated from undergrad. Wow. That's an interesting move. Uh, and, and did you dog sled while yeah, you were there? You? I did. I did it. Uh, so for the newer generation, the way you would get information, uh, in college <laughs> is you would go to the union and there would be this thing called a cork board mm-hmm. and there would be a little paper announcement, on there of like, Hey, there's a band playing or would you like to do this? And, uh, as uh, fate, uh, God intervened, I was walking by and there was a three by five note card and it literally was exactly what I was looking for. It said, uh, do you want a dog sled? No experience required. And I was like, that's me, uh, need help on the weekends. Uh, that's what I can do. Cause I'm going to school and, uh, I will pick you up and drive you home. Didn't have a car. I mean, it, it was, it was an answer to a prayer. And so, um, this guy, he was just an amateur musher and he needed help training his dogs. So he picked me up. We ran the dogs Friday night, Saturday and Sunday morning. And then, um, I would just stay the night out there with his family, sleep out on the couch. And then he would drive me back into Fairbanks, uh, on Sunday afternoon. Wow. Did you do any racing or is this for fun? Uh, well, he raced. I did a small race, like a 10-mile race, but he was training for the Yukon Quest, which is like uh, uh, similar to the Iditarod. Wow. Well, did you get out in the but wilderness like at all? That's miles. Yeah. Did you, were you out in the wilderness and all? Did you have to like camp out out there and stuff? No, I didn't do that. Just a, a 10-mile race is like a sprint race in dog sledding, so... Yeah. Dogs can run pretty fast. How many dogs are on a sled or pull a sled? Uh, it can vary. The race that I was doing, I think I had six or seven dogs. But most of those guys, when they're doing long distance, they 
start out with 12 or 14. Start out? Well, sometimes dogs get injured or, you know, they get snow injuries like frostbite or something like that, overuse injuries. And so then they, they have stations along the way where they take a dog and, you know, they give it to their team and then they move on. Okay. Yeah, I'm worried you leave the dog out in the wilderness somewhere. But. <laughs> That's a little harsh. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. So, uh, so when you talked about doing this at college, I was I was curious. Like, do they do they have collegiate like dog sled teams or anything that compete against each other? Or is there any anything like that? No, no, no. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't think so. Well, but I mean, yeah. most people do this just for fun. Like, there are people who do it professionally and compete and have sponsors but the guy that i did with he was an fbi agent who just liked to sled you know run dogs for fun cool so mark mark emmert if you're listening yeah. the ncaa here's another chance for you to make some money <laughs> start sanctioning dog sled races right, yeah because there's big bucks there that's right <laughs> well i don't know if he gave scholarships to dogs well we'll see um <laughs> all right we'll, just let that yeah, go. We'll, we'll move on moving on all right Next did, did you play any sports there because you say you play varsity hockey was that in college or in high school or both uh that was in in uh high school in hockey i just played rec league and i was studying all the time i was uh a very serious student so <clears throat> uh I didn't uh, play any sports in ice or in college other than just working out on my own a little bit. Yeah. Did you, did you want to be a doctor in out of high school? Did you know you wanted to do that? Um, it was one of my three options. I had wanted to be either a teacher. I had thought about being a um, preacher or I was thinking uh, a doctor. And so I wasn't entirely certain what I wanted to do. And so I volunteered at church and did vacation Bible study and, uh, taught Sunday school. Um, I tutored kids at all different levels, elementary to college, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the teaching, and uh, but it just wasn't quite enough. I wanted something more. I wanted something more academically rigorous, and um, so and medicine just kind of was the right fit at that point. Yeah. Are you? Uh, w- did you ever do one of those spiritual gift inventories? Would you say your spiritual gift is teaching? I, maybe, I don't know. Okay. I've never done a spiritual gift inventory. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at our church, when you be, well, at least I used to have, when you became a member, you went through the spiritual gift inventory to try to figure out what your gifts are and how you could use them to serve the church. But, uh, I'm just curious because you were using that. You were doing that. You were teaching in the, in the church. And, uh, anyway, that's yeah. my, uh, that's what my spiritual gift came out as is teaching. Um, but I never became a teacher. However, as a physician, um, I don't know. Do you do you get an opportunity to teach medical students or nurses or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I teach students, residents, and then my patients all the time. So yeah. I enjoy I enjoy that part of it. Yeah. So you married those two. All you got to do is preach somewhere now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I I probably my patients would accuse me of preaching when I <laughs> try to convince them to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> Or quit smoking or lose some weight or. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think sometimes they're like, fine, I'll get the colonoscopy. Please just stop talking about it. <laughs> well, good. Maybe you could get some advice there uh, as we go along here. Well, I, I already had one, but uh, anyway, we'll move on from there. So tell us, pick up the story from there. What happened? You, you left uh, college, you went to medical school. Uh, well, so I, I was pretty certain I went, wanted to go, already was accepted. But I was a little nervous because I knew that once you go down that path, it, it's a long journey. Yeah. And and uh, so I went backpacking in Europe and uh, bankrupted myself. Not really hard to do when you're in college. Sure. I mean, it. Um, Not starting with it much. happens. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh wow, you have two thousand dollars and you go bankrupt. Not surprising. Right. <laughs> So I had a great time, you know, we did the Camino de Santiago in Spain and went to Italy, uh, France, Scotland, England, came back and I still kind of had some wanderlust and I called up the Dean and I had asked, can I delay matriculation for a year and not have to reapply? And he said, absolutely. So, uh, I, 
said, okay, I'm going to do that. And then I had to call my dad and tell him, uh, not because I needed his permission, but I just wanted him to know why I'm coming to Aberdeen instead of going to med school. Yeah. And, uh, that caused a mini panic attack. And, um, it was funny. I remember talking with my grandma cause I was living, I was with her at that moment and she could tell I was really bothered. And, you know, this is that advice that grandmas give. And sometimes I think dads try to give, but they miss. And I was telling her about it and I was like, what is, you know, what if my dad gets mad at me? What if he's, you know, he's not proud of me. What if he says the wrong thing? And I said, grandma, what should I do? And he, and she looks at me and says, Jason, I, uh, I can't tell you what to do. That's not my job. But what I can tell you is I'm going to love you no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And I, it was the exact thing I needed to hear in that moment. Um, because it's not what I heard from my dad. Um, um, I understand he was just nervous for me and concerned that I was, you know, throwing my life away. But anyway, so I went home and I worked temp jobs, saved up money and, um, with the plan of buying a ticket somewhere, but I had no money. And so I needed to find a job that would pay me to travel there aren't a lot of those out there, or at least I didn't know where to find them, but I found a job teaching English in Chengdu, China. Wow. So I, uh, got a ticket, flew to Hong Kong, uh, got my visa and then flew to Chengdu. And then I taught conversational English for about six months. Now, how hard was that? You're the second guest we've had on yeah. that's gone over to Asia, right? The same thing. That's the second. Wait, a guy that went to South Korea to teach English. He didn't speak South Korean. I'm assuming you didn't speak Chinese or whatever lingo they, uh, you know, dialect they had where you went. So how hard is that to teach English when you don't know the other language? Surprisingly not difficult. So I wasn't teaching formal English, which was good. And I had made that very clear when I had applied. I said, you know, I'm a biology student. Um, and they didn't care. They said, we actually have our own teachers that teach English. Um, you know, sentence structure, subject, predicate. Yeah. Uh, my, my primary role was to do conversational English. Um, and they, they, everybody knows English, uh, takes English. They watch movies, music. Um, and the school I was at was actually a really good school. And so starting in sixth grade, every kid takes English from sixth grade until they graduate high school. Hmm. So by the time I had, I had eighth graders and 10th graders and, uh, you could have some basic conversation, um, And even you go to other places, uh, everybody my age at that time also spoke English. And then of course the, there's you know, they say math is the universal language. That is not true at all. Uh, I think it's charades. Um, (laughs) When I was in a remote Chinese village going up to horseback ride, I needed to use the bathroom and they didn't have one on the bus. So I get out and I, and I ask where's the bathroom. And I, I learned some basic Chinese, but their language is tonal. So if you don't say the right tone, Mm -hmm. uh, they can't understand it. So I keep saying different tones and trying to say, they don't understand me. So finally I am ready to pee my pants. I have to do the pee pee dance Uh in front of these three old Chinese women in this small mountain village. Um, they almost peed themselves from laughter. And finally they pointed in the direction of where the bathroom was. So, um, Again, you don't have to speak the language is what I'm trying to say is as long as you know how to do some basic charades, you'll get by. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So what was the culture like there? Did you enjoy it there? Oh, absolutely. It was wonderful. Um, it, uh, it's funny, you know, so you go, there, I've never lived long term overseas. And so you go there in the first couple of weeks, everything's new. And then after a while, you kind of get homesick for a little bit. And then, and while this sounds very similar, um, I I realized, okay, China's not home. Mm -hmm. But the same thing is, is when I look around, everybody's doing the same thing, right? Like kids go to school, 
parents want their kids to, to, to be successful. Um, you know, people date, fall in love, get married. Like it, they're doing everything the same that we do. And, uh, and it, it feels silly even when I say that, but there's that realization they're they're doing all the same stuff that we do. They just, again, their language and food's different. The Chinese food is amazing. Well, they just call it food. But. <laughs> right. I've always wondered that. I wonder if they have Italian restaurants there. Do they have Italian restaurants there? And if they have like burger they and do. fries, do they, have, do they call right. it American food? I don't know. Do they? Let's have American. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's called McDonald's. I, I, right? <laughs> yes, they do have McDonald's and KFC, and uh, one of our favorite places, there was a, an American woman who uh, had retired, and her restaurant was called Grandma's, uh, and she, everything you could imagine, like when you wanted that good home-cooked American food, that's where you went, because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a Chinese hamburger at a non sort of place run by an American was not a good hamburger. I mean, it wasn't bad, <laughs> but when you would go there and you say, like, I want a cheeseburger fries and a chocolate milkshake. Mm-hmm. I I mean, you could have been at your home and at, at your backyard at, in home anywhere. Right. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, so I taught English there and then uh, I came back and I worked at a, a Boy Scout camp in northern Minnesota for that summer and then started med school in South Dakota. All right. I got to ba- I got to ask you a question. You ba- backpacked through Europe or whatever and I you didn't mention Greece. You didn't go to Greece, did you? I didn't. That was uh, a place to go, but we couldn't afford to travel there. Uh, the only reason I asked is my wife and I are leaving next week on a cruise to Greece, so I thought I was going to pick your brain a little bit, but... Uh... Come up empty on that one. That's all right. I'll let you know about it. Definitely. All right. Um, so, yeah, you, uh, you go to medical school and, uh, yeah, I become a doctor. You meet your wife, right? Correct. All right. I did my training out in uh, Norfolk, Virginia at EVMS. And so I did uh, internal and family medicine. I'm dual boarded. I do primary care mainly. Um, I do all the normal stuff, kid adults, physicals, do some office procedural stuff. I do vasectomies. I did uh, Bones podcast, uh, Hunt for Wellness, and we talked about vasectomies through that whole thing and, you know, the risks and benefits and common anxieties and misperceptions. Um, <laughs> the risks and benefits. To, <laughs> um, I am a professional, and I always watch the YouTube video on how to do the procedure before. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's fresh. Wow. Yeah. You know. So that was that's curious to me. I don't. I don't. I doubt there are very many family practice docs or whatever doing vasectomies in their office. You got to be unique doing that. Correct. There's not a lot of them. It's not rare but it's not common either yeah well i never heard of it until you until you had said that as long as he's got a high success rate (laughs) (laughs) yeah yep 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 yeah what do you define high what does that mean percentage wise i was gonna ask that i don't know i don't know i wonder what the accepted standard is for urologists doing it right are you talking about Success in regard that they never get anybody pregnant again. Yes, yes. Or, or they have no complications. Or well, yeah, I, all both, the above. All the above. Right. <laughs> I don't want complications either. <laughs> Actually, Does like flipping or, a coin. Like, is that? Would you consider like basically kind of similar odds? Would sure. that be high? Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Having kids is kind of a complication though too, right? So it's Well, yeah. So um I All right. I I was on the other end of that procedure. And um Are you gonna explain how you all met Rosebud on one of our podcasts if you listen to our podcast with the M's. That's my that's my wife. Are you and are you about to tell us this is how Jared No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No. So here's what happened. So um we had our second child. First one was a daughter, right, Kylie. And then uh, almost two years later, my son was born. And my son was born in April. On September 4th of that year, my birthday, I get a letter in the mail, and it's an appointment with urology. 
I didn't make the appointment. <laughs> I'm not the one who called urology to make that appointment. <laughs> so I guess I'll let you guess who made that appointment yeah, for me. Uh, pretty yeah. easy to figure out. Yeah. So I resisted for a while. And then, then as it turned out, my wife has uh, a latex allergy. And we, in retrospect, we found out that it was, she had a bad reaction uh, the second delivery because of latex. It's a little bit different now in the hospitals. It's safer now. But back then, latex gloves were all over the place, powder and all that stuff. And so it was dangerous for her to go back in the hospital. And that was the, that was the final uh, motivator. So, yeah, that, that's the end of that story. All right. My wife leaves no grass, uh, you know, what's, what's the, the, the cliche? No grass grows under her feet. Yeah, she takes takes full uh, full charge of everything. In yeah, it. we've never told me about it. Just got the letter in the mail. There's been a lot of stories you've shared of <laughs> Robin tearing down porches and oh yeah yeah other yeah. things where she I just, love her though. She gets an idea and it that, it happens eventually. Yeah, it happens. Yep. All right. So uh, your practice. How busy is your practice? Uh, I mean it's it's full time. I mean I'm. Um, full schedule all time and we get walk-ins COVID kind of threw a wrench into a, a little bit, but uh, things are pretty much back to normal now and very busy practice, good reputation in the community. And so did you do yeah, any, it's uh, good. I really enjoy it. Did it you do, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to ask, did you do any telehealth while uh, COVID was going on video visits or anything we like did, that? Yeah, we did for some things. Uh, I think COVID helped with a, uh, bring about, you know, that we could do a lot more telehealth, especially like mental health follow-up and counseling and uh, some things like that. Um, we did a little bit, but eventually we kind of quickly figured out how to get back into the clinic. So there's no substitute for seeing your doctor in person. Yeah. Uh, and I could tell Absolutely. you that my, 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 for my parents being octogenarians, and they had COVID and got hospitalized and they got out and all that. But through that whole process, what I learned was that um, we got to be really careful about using this technology because the older population are getting left behind. Uh, I Just from my own experience with my parents and other people that I talk to, you know, they get contacted, get on this, do this or whatever, and they can't figure it out. And they just say, forget it. And then they don't do it. And they don't yeah. even follow up. They don't, you know, they <laughs> It's just non-compliant then because they get frustrated and they can't do it. And so, uh, so anyway, um, that's, I think that's an issue that we have to, we have to figure out, um, as a nation, because what we decided, what we figured out through COVID is, Hey, we could save money by doing these telemedicine mm -hmm. visits and stuff like that. And, you know, it may not be the right thing. All right. Yeah. I'm off myself. So anyway, now. moving on. Sorry, doc. <laughs> He's got your back. I had to share that. No worries. Hey, so I just going to let you know. So my last name, you, you were pretty darn close. It's, Mirmo, like mirror on the wall, and Mo from the Three Stooges. Okay. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> that's not exactly. Bell. That's curly, right? Before I actually used the mirror word, I wasn't. I didn't have that one initially. I had actually. I was like, so the first part, mirror, rhymes with beer, mm -hmm. and then Mo. So it's like beer Mo, mirror Mo. Uh, I started having some of my nurses call me just Doctor Beer, which I'm not necessarily opposed to. Like that. <laughs> be awesome if i was a a doctor of a tasty bubbly adult beverage but uh it doesn't it's not professional i guess right yeah. you know <laughs> well it could be b-i-e-r or something like that right german name no if people don't know b-e-h-r yeah b-e-h-r there's that bear that so what bear. what nationality is that mirmo uh, it's Norwegian, means hills and valleys. At least that's what I've been told. It may mean nothing at all, or it could be like <laughs> yeah. shoelaces, who knows. But I've been told it means hills and valleys, and I'm sticking to it. So Norwegian, yeah. so you guys came right over. Uh, you, your family's been there probably for a while then in North Dakota. Isn't that where uh, the Vikings kind of came over? A lot of them did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm half German and half Norwegian. So my mom's side were Germans from the Odessa region, uh, which is actually kind of Ukraine area. And then, uh, and then uh, my family side, uh, they're I think near the Oslo area is where they hailed from before they came over here. Okay. Well, tell us about your fitness uh, adventure through life. Cause you, you talked a lot about that in your bio, but why don't you describe it? 
Oh yeah. So like, I love working out and, uh, but I always have a hard time kind of staying on top of things, uh, or staying consistent. Um, some of it just cause I'm tired, you know, when you're in medical school and residency, you're studying all the time. Yeah. And, um, so it's really easy to find a, a, a quick excuse not to do it. Um, and then there'd be times where it's like, okay, I'm going to do it and get going and two, three weeks in, you just hurt and tired. And then you're like, uh, and then I wouldn't do it for a while. And then you'd feel bad and guilty. And then you start doing it again. And, uh, anyway, then I met my wife and I had actually, I was really overweight. I was probably like 280 and when my wife and I started dating and then we got married, she helped me exercise more consistently and eat better, which was really good. And so, uh, that was really good. And we started working out together and that was awesome. Having each other sort of as accountability partners. And, and then we started our family and then, you know, that's a whole new world and everything gets turned upside down and that same kind of cycle would happen, right? We'd start taking care of the kids and figuring out how to be dads and, or dad and mom and all that. And we start working out again. And then we had another kid and at, so we have four kids and that was that same cycle kept repeating, but the time in between working out just went longer and longer. And, uh, so a friend of mine who he was like, Jason, you should try working out in the morning. That was like years ago. And I was like, yeah, not going to happen ever. Right. Um, <laughs> Sounds like my wife. Uh, Cause I, I still was this, okay, I'm going to work out in the evening, but that just doesn't happen now that my kids are getting older and busier. I'm an unpaid Uber driver that has to have snacks, right? you know? And, um, so I started, uh, when COVID hit, uh, I was working from home a little bit. And so I was like, Hey, let's start working out. And so I started doing insanity and I really liked it. But after about three or four weeks, it just got boring. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, there wasn't that excitement anymore. Again, the same cycle was kind of happening and it kind of petered out and, uh, same thing. And then we got a treadmill for Christmas the next winter. And that was great. Cause it had some like programming on it and running in the morning. And again, slowly just petered out again. Um, I was working out in the morning and then it was less frequently, less intense. And pretty soon I'm like 10 burpees and 10 jumping jacks and 10 squats and a little run on the treadmill. Like that's enough. And, uh, I ended up coming across an article, something like fastest health trend in America, or I don't know, something about it. And I'm always reading articles like that because patients ask me, they're like, Hey, should I, should I take CoQ10? Um, <laughs> and so when something gets to that level, I always, ask, I, I'm always kind of reading it cause I want to be prepared and, and, provide good information. So I ended up coming across F3 and I was reading through this and I was like, well, this sounds pretty legit. And so, but I also know that things that sound too good to be true often aren't. So, you know, I'm using my, my medical training and I'm like digging and reading and digging and reading. And the more I dig and the more I read, the more I like it. And I'm like, this is awesome. And so I'm watching like YouTube videos that different places have popped up. And I still didn't really understand like how big F3 had gotten. And, um, but I was like, dude, that's awesome. I like that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and they're working out with other guys. And yeah. I was like, that's cool. And right. so it was like, there's, well, there's gotta be one here in Fargo, right? Like we're the biggest community in North Dakota. It's gotta <laughs> be here. So I go to the map and the state was not uh, red yet. It hadn't been tur- turned over yet. So I was like, okay. And then I thought I saw like a link on there about like upcoming places. So I was like, okay, there's, there's probably got to be an upcoming place, right? Like I'll, I'll, maybe I'll connect with somebody who's already started one or going to start one, nothing. So then I was like, okay, well, how do we do that? Um, and they're like, well, so then that's when Dilly and I can, Dilly, Dilly and I connected and he sent me a bunch of cool stuff, um, like documents on 
um, basically what F3 is and how it works and the five core principles. And well, I'd already knew what those were. Those were, I've read those before, but just some documentation on how the whole thing works. And he sent me some sample workouts. So who's Dilly, so as we're going, who's Dilly Dilly? There? Who's Dilly Dilly? And how'd you guys get connected? Uh, Dilly Dilly is the, I think like the Midwest expansion queue or the Midwest okay. sector expansion queue, I think. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So he was super helpful and, um, and then I was like, okay, so then, then, well, then what do I do? He's like, well, you got to find some people. <laughs> so I, uh, had two buddies from high school that lived here and I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, there's this thing called F3. <laughs> you guys want to do it? <laughs> and they're like, what, what is it? So I was trying to explain it to them. And, uh, they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we could try it. So when do you, when do you want to do it? And I was like, well, I was thinking we'd start out just like two days a week, keep it simple, not too complicated. And they're like, okay. And I was, and they're like, well, okay. So what time do we do that? And I was like five fifteen in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, that, that did not receive the enthusiasm that I wanted. You know, you're like, yeah, that sounds awesome, man. Let's do it. Yeah. Why not five? <laughs> um, but to their credit, uh, we set the day, we started it and, uh, uh, the two guys, uh, that showed up that eventually are now, uh, Einstein in the Greek, uh, they showed up and they're kind of like, well, what do we do? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do either. <laughs> like I had my <laughs> workout plan. Totally didn't do the disclosure. The first workout. <laughs> I actually don't know if I did the disclosure for the first couple of workouts, to be honest, completely forgot over that part, but we did the workout. And, uh, we all really suffered. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did not feel good. I mean, it was a good workout. We did uh, a series of 11s and we did bear crawls and we have this, so Fargo's flat. And if you're not sure how flat, flat is, like you can see a hundred miles probably on a good day, stand on a tuna can and you can probably see 200 miles. (laughs) flat. Hey, before you go any further, what time of year was this? Uh, so we started in August. Okay. So it was still, the weather was good. And, uh, so then, uh, a buddy of mine that I I played soccer with, I told him to come out. And so then the next week fish and chips became part of the ranks. And so now we have four and slowly we're kind of sharing the word and we're getting a couple guys here and there popping up. And and let me stop you again. uh, What year was that? How long ago was that? So this is just last year. So we haven't even had, uh, we haven't even been doing it for a year here. Okay. And, uh, so we're, we're, we're doing, and I'm queuing all of it. Yeah. And, and so then anyway, after that first workout, they're explaining, so they're like, well, what do we do now? And I was like, oh, we have to do this, uh, name-a-rama thing. And uh, they're like, okay, well, what is that? And I was like, well, we just have to count. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay. So then we do, and uh, I think we did it. We we gave each other nicknames, and then we actually did our own name-a-rama. So we already had our, nef- our own F3 nicknames before we did the first name-a-rama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't say FNG in your hospital name and age. Um and so then I was like, cool, guys, good job. We'll see you next Thursday. And they showed up again. <laughs> <laughs> a successful launch. And then, uh, what's that? A, su- a successful launch. Yeah, it was great. So then uh, another week goes by. And then the, the so the second week, um, we're starting. And it's the third workout. I'm queuing that in the fourth workout. But that second Tuesday, our third workout, I told Einstein, I was like, oh, hey, you have to queue next week. I'm leaving. I'm going to, to Hampton Roads for a family vacation. And he was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he stepped up, did a great job, made one of our packs spill Merlot. So that was a- There you go. Well done. Uh, we, we didn't know what that was at the time, uh, but- uh, we, we knew now. So that was a, that was a, 
That was another record for the F3 Fargo region. We hadn't had that one happen yet. Yeah, and for so, the, But happened on the third week was good. Yeah, for yeah. the non-F3 people, that means he threw up. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. So anyway, then uh, I went out to Hampton Roads, and that was great. So I had reached out to the Nantan of Hampton Roads Funny Car. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had posted out there with them, I think, three or four times and met a great group of guys and was able to kind of see how they do things. And uh, then we came back and just kind of kept eh and people and uh, sharing the word. And then slowly and surely more people kind of started coming, even when it got cold. Yeah. Um, growth was kind of fairly slow. Again, we'd have an FNG here and there. And then pretty soon, uh, uh, kind of six months, to be honest, uh, Dilly Dilly had it right on the, the money. He says like six months seems to be uh, a time frame where you get this almost critical mass where we're getting slow people coming in. And then all of a sudden we hit our first double digit uh, number of guys, uh, 10 guys showed up for one workout and then pretty soon after that, we're having 10, 12, 14, 15, uh, guys show up consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had our first visiting PAX member carnival from Boise, which was super exciting for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, small victories, my friends, these are small victories, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But we can, we can relate to a lot of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. We come from a, a, a rural area and uh, we, well, I'm not going to bore people with how we started, but yeah, we can relate to this. I, isn't it cool that you started this without experiencing F3 and then you go out to Hampton roads and you're with the group that's been doing it for a while. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like a brotherhood, right? You never met those guys before, but you kind of shared experience and, and you get to see what they do and like, wow, that we we're pretty similar to that or we're doing it right. Or, Hey, there's something we can do differently. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the disclosure part, the that was the the part we had kind of messed up on a little bit. <laughs> um, we got that good now. We're okay. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so then uh, we yeah, I think around February or March is where it really again there that critical mass, and we started almost having an FNG or two at every workout. Um. And, uh, we're getting guys now, you know, showing up pretty regularly and pretty soon, like people are step, you know, they're starting to step up and, uh, volunteer to queue and, um, coming up with ideas. And, you know, it, it's amazing how many men had, you know, they're, they're not sure is this real, uh, what's the catch, Jason, what's the catch, Right. you know? They're, they're waiting for something to, to surprise them. And uh, I joke with them. I was like, well, the only catch is it's early, uh, but it's not really catch because I told you about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's outside, which for here can be a problem because it's, you know, we have the record for the coldest workout, 27 below. That's cold. Um, yeah. That's without wind chill. Mm-hmm. Um but as the Norwegians say, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. So, yeah. um, now did you come up with a, uh, what did you call it? Was it your group that came up with the, uh, misery index or something like that? We didn't come up with it. Somebody else came up with it, but I think we sort of catapulted it. Yeah. Um, into, cause I was like, is there, there's gotta be like a competition or a, like a leaderboard or something like that. And, um, pretty soon lots of places are kind of rallying behind it and they're like, Oh yeah, dude, we got to do this. Um, some guys felt really bad cause they were like, it's Florida. Like there's no way we're going to ever win this contest. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the surprising thing is, is there was a, I think it's an, was it, it's an Illinois or Missouri. They actually had the top GMI score. Um, cause they still had some cold temperatures, but they had, huge numbers of packs that yeah, showed can, up. Can you explain what it is? Cause I, I can't remember the details. So it's the, uh, it's the temperature below freezing. So 32 degrees Fahrenheit minus the temperature plus the number of packs. So, 
like there was a region in like Illinois or Missouri that I think had a temp down to like negative five. So that right there is going to be 37. And then they had 35 packs show up. Mm -hmm. So that would give you a GMI of 72. Now we had a, the negative 27 that puts us really quickly at a 59. Yeah. And then we had six packs show up. So we had a GMI of 65. All right. I like it. We'll have to start calculating that. Yeah. I I saw that before we're, we, we get cold, but we don't get negative 27. We've been negative three or five. I think we're negative five. Yeah. It was the coldest coldest without the wind chill. Right. But we don't get 30 some guys at a workout either. You know, I think we had, the coldest day, I think we had like 14 guys, but... Yeah, I think it was like negative five. I think we had 14 guys. I just remember taking our shirts off and doing snow angels. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we did that. So. <laughs> negative five, 14. I mean, that's, that, that's 37, 51. That's a respectable number. Yeah, huh? yeah. I used to say that we're the, the land of the ice and snow, but I think you are. Yeah, I think they got to speak. So, so two, two original beatdowns a week. What are you at now? Have you expanded so from we're that? At, we're at three days a week now. We're Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And Saturday is a double beat down. It kind of happened by accident. Um, but we uh, we'll, we'll, we do uh, six to seven is just a normal boot camp beat down. Um, and then seven to eight then is a ruck. Um and so they're both in it. Like we do the namorama counterama after each one. So I guess they both count. Somebody was saying if they don't do that after, again, that's something I learned on the, uh, recently is if you just do it, but you don't do all the other stuff, it doesn't count. We didn't know that. So we just did them for both of them. So that's why we called it a double beat down. Yeah. Yeah. There are no real rules. The only rules are the five core principles. So you can do it. Yeah. You want. Yeah, so that's pretty oh, cool. So we're going to be expanding out to Monday and Wednesday, um, uh, in uh, to a second AO, and then um, I think honestly within the next couple of months we're probably going to have another AO in Moorhead, which will be Minnesota, but it'll still be the same kind of region right. or area. So what is the actual? What's your region name actually? Is it just like F three Fargo or? Yeah, F three Fargo. F three Fargo. Very cool. Yeah, so you're still just a mustard seed, basically, but uh, but you're making great progress, and uh, I think this is amazing, right? This is what uh, I think the Q source Dread calls an uh, I2, an individual initiative. You know, this takes a high-impact man to say, hey, this is something I need, and I think my, my community could benefit from it, and I've never done this before, but it sounds cool, and I'm going to just look into it, investigate it, and plant my own shovel flag, and and take off. That's some serious uh, individual initiative. Yeah, you wonder if it's ever been done before. I'm like curious. Like, does anybody? Yeah, I don't know. The keeper of the stats out there across F3 Nation. Has anybody else ever launched, a, you know, a, a mustard seed or a region, and not having experienced F3 anywhere before? Because most times it's you know, hey, I experienced it here, and then I moved to a new area and I started it, right? Uh, or experienced it while I was on vacation or something like that. So, yeah, pretty. Pretty, uh, pretty neat experience for so you to as a, find it, and the, I mean, the way you found it, heard about it, right? Researched it and said, "Hey, let's do it." Yeah, uh, kudos. That's awesome. Yeah, um, thanks, man. The, uh, the F three now is obviously good for you, right? Your health. So, as a physician, do you prescribe F three? I do. I share a lot of it with my patients, just because. Um, uh, a lot of them, sorry, I just got a low battery warning. Um, but, uh, a lot of them are in the same thing, right? Like they're, they're in sad clown syndrome, right? Like right. they're just, they don't know what to do or, you know, they're, they want to make changes, but they find that, that, you know, they'll get started and they'll get going and then they'll get a little tired or not, you know, see, feel the benefit yet. Um, I mean, after the first couple of weeks when we had started posting, honestly, everything hurt. Right, yeah. I mean, I think I sprained an earlobe. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it, it, uh, and, and I was just tired all the time. Right. Like I, I hadn't got any of the benefit yet, like no improved stamina, strength, energy. And then it was like around like five or six weeks where all of a sudden, like things still kind of hurt, but not as much. Mm-hmm. 
but my energy level just skyrocketed. Yeah. And, um, and then, and eventually as we kept doing it, uh, like now I, I'm glad we're going to five days a week. Cause I still, I get up now at four fifty every morning. Mm-hmm. I can't not get up that time at that time. Like it, my body's like, Hey, are we on? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of the downsides, right? If you don't have a, <laughs> you do get into that routine and your, yeah, your, your biological clock just gets reset. I'm the, I'm the same way. It's yeah. Well, tough I, to I work in, in uh, surgery, so we always start our day early. So getting up early was not an issue for me. Um, but it is probably the biggest obstacle to get new guys. I think, you know, yeah. having to wake up early and get out there. But. Yeah. I would say as a whole, your description of it, as you described it to your, your two buddies, you were trying to get to come out for that first workout. Uh, that response that you got when you said, Hey, we're going to do it at five fifteen. The look you got is probably about the same look that we get right. for most people whenever yeah. we whenever we tell them. Right. Like, hey, come out and join us. And, yeah. and our Saturday beatdown's at 6.30, and I think that's late. And still guys are like, oh, it's too early. I'm like, it's yeah. 6.30. That's late. I'm yeah, like, oh. we definitely, that's, you know, generally our higher turnout. Right. But, uh So now yeah. being, in, uh, being in North Dakota, I'm not sure how much further north you are than us. I know you are. I don't know how much further, but I would imagine that you're, uh, amount of daylight is less. Uh, so if you're working out at 515. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that you're going to be, it's going to be dark for you earlier than us. So you, you probably spent more time in, in, in darkness than we do. Is that. That's accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, in the summer, uh, uh, it's still dark when we start, but it's, Honestly, it's glorious. We you, we see the sunrise come up every morning, yeah. um, and like there's uh, there's this big green space and a river, and uh, honestly, it's it's uh, it's picturesque. Um, but in the winter, it's it's dark the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's there's something to be said for that. I think I don't know what it is, but I I think going out there in the darkness and and working out and stuff. I I don't know if there's any real tangible benefits to it, but I feel I feel like there's it adds some mental toughness. I think uh, and a little bit more preparedness as you do that. It's easier to crawl out of your bed when the sun's up and uh, uh, yeah and you know and go and post outside. Oh, definitely. And I think the cold adds a level of, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, uh, of challenge as well. Like, uh, on new year's, that was our first Saturday workout on new year's day. We did a blackjack workout burpees and body squats with like a hundred meter sprint. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had six packs total, uh, one FNG and, man, we looked like sugar cookies. I mean, it was just, there was so much frozen mist on her face and uh-huh. clothes. Um, but yeah, when you actually work out like that and then you go, why was I, what was I complaining about? Like what, what, what kind of barriers was I putting up? Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's funny. Actually, one of the guys in our group, he's been showing up regularly now, but, uh, the first day showed up, all the snow had melted and then it had snowed um, that night. And there was just an inch of wet, mushy Mm -hmm. snow. And so, uh, tortoise was the cue that day. So he came out and he had shoveled the basketball courts where we, where we, uh, where we post. So that was good. And so I'm like, Oh, we might get a little wet. Uh, his workout was all on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like, we're doing supermans. We're doing pickle pushers. (laughs) I think is it. I don't know. It's very. I might be getting the names wrong, but anyway, everything was on the ground, and we're rolling around in wet, cold, mushy snow, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the packs, he was an FNG that day, and he's like, "What did I just sign up for? Yeah, like, guys, what is going on?" You guys are freaking nuts. And, um, <laughs> but he kept showing up. And, uh, I remember I was checking in with, and I was like, so, so does your wife think you're crazy? And she's like, he said, no, she said, I've noticed that you're happier since mm-hmm. showing up. And so he's stepped up until he's actually, um, 
I think he's going to probably be the AOQ of our next um, location. Like he's showed up and he's stepped up. He's filled in, taken that individual initiative. It's just cool to see the 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 sort of men transform almost. You know, as as they start physically breaking down barriers, those barriers, you know, mentally and emotionally in their life that they've built up start to kind of erode and break away as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's uh, the real benefit. And all the guys that we have on here, the part of F3, they, they say similar things. So I, I, that was a question I was going to ask you, you know, you've been involved with F3 and doing F3 for almost a year now. What benefits, I know you've seen the physical benefits, but what other benefits have you seen? Because the, the mission is to invigorate male community leadership. And, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about the third F yet, but, but, uh, what benefits have you seen in your life? Oh man, I think, uh, just, um, more resilience, um, more flexibility, um, not getting as overwhelmed, uh, or, uh, kind of exhausted, just like, not only physically exhausted, but just kind of mental and emotional exhaustion, right? When you can do a hundred burpees and then you're like, okay, why am I getting upset with my five-year-old for spilling milk on the carpet? You know, mm-hmm. um, it, uh, again, it just, it sort of starts to manifest in other places that honestly are quite surprising to be honest when they pop up and you're like, I don't think I would have handled it this way. Um, and apparently from my wife, I, I sleep better. I don't snore as much when I go to F3. So she was like, I hurt my knee once and, and I had to take a couple of weeks off to let it recover. And she goes, Hey, when are you going back to F3? And I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. She's asking, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I said, you know, probably maybe, maybe another week or so it's almost there. She's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Why? So I was like, well, it's weird. Why'd you ask it like that? And she's like, oh, well, you just sleep better and don't snore as much when you go to F3. <laughs> I was just hoping you'd go soon. <laughs> if you sleep better, she sleeps better. That's so right. That's like- <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, that's what we hear a lot. Guys gain more confidence and, and that uh, the mental health aspect, I think, is something that we maybe downplay or not, not downplay, but we don't think about as much. Uh, there are a lot of studies, I believe, that show when you're outside, especially being outdoors, and you're engaging in, in exercise and stuff like that, it has a benefit to your mental health and you have less anxiety and uh, less depression, especially as guys start to find their purpose, right? You're meeting, having fellowship with other guys and um, finding something a little bit more to live for. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I got to go get my charger. My, my phone's running quickly low, so it's, can we keep doing this? Is that okay? Yeah, keep you're going, fine. man. Yep. All right. Yeah, it. Um, I think the other thing that that uh, that's popped up that was is uh, sometimes you know things happen and and they happen in a way that you don't want them to, um, you know, and not some of it's your own choice, but sometimes just life happens and and uh, and sometimes it gets you down. I think one of the things that I've learned is uh, is I, I recover much faster uh, from you know, whatever that difficult thing was. Uh, and, and I'm able to get back into the game versus having that, that yeah. little pity party for myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got, uh, uh, you know, I, I think guy should be inspired by the fact that he took this initiative and he's doing it. And, you know, this is a guy who, who knows about health benefits, right? And, uh, the, uh, being a physician and, and being responsible for taking care of other people. And uh, he noticed that he needs to take care of himself first, right? So in the, uh, in the Q source manual on leadership, we got to get right and live right before we could lead right. And, uh, and I think what you're, what you're talking about is an example in your own life of doing that. Um, so I think other guys should uh, be motivated and inspired by that. You know, if you're listening to this or you know guys that maybe would be benefit from this, and maybe they don't have a region near them, but uh, it's always nice to go and visit somewhere and experience it first. But if you don't, don't let that stop you. Right? Yeah, and and you know to continue along the lines of our medical and physician kind of discussion here, right? We, they just need to we need to place a referral <laughs> to uh, to Zamboni here, right? Yeah. And say hey, you know if you're out there listening and you're 
you're intrigued by what F3 is and, and you haven't had the chance of experiencing it and you're, you're thinking, wow, maybe this is something I can get involved in and you don't have uh, an AO near you. Hey, there's not like, there's nothing that should stop you. You can do it. And uh, Zamboni here uh, being the man that he is stepped up and did it and uh, can be inspirational to others to, to do the same. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so if we're, if, if, if I may add on to that, you know, is in words of wisdom, you know, if you're worried about being a Q and you've never done it before, uh, I, what I, uh, I will pass on the words that were given to me is when in doubt burpees. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. That exercise is a tough one. And that means it's a good one, right? All right. Well, I got one more question for you. Uh, it's a question I ask everybody at the end of the interview. Uh, this is a chance for you to speak to the men of America. What message do you have for the men of America? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I think, I think, uh, I think too many men, uh, suffer in isolation. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, we're, we're afraid to take a chance. I think we're afraid to say we need help. Um, we have some idea that it, we're not a man if we can't do it all by ourselves. And, 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 and what it ends up doing is it paralyzes us. It, it stops us from doing stuff, but we end up sinking our own boat and, and then drowning and, and not being the husbands and the fathers and the men that we want to be or aspire to be. And so whether that's F3 or something else, maybe with your church or, um, but go out, take a chance. Um, something that you wanted to do. And again, F3 has been transformational for me and it's been incredibly powerful to teach me about what strength that I've got inside. And I think every man has it. A lot of men just don't know they have it yeah. or they've gotten lost and have forgotten that it's there. And so uh, you're capable of a lot more than you realize. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well said. And that's my two cents. Yep. Uh, amen. So, yeah, don't be a lone ranger and uh, you could do more than you think you can. Inside uh, the heart of every man is a lion, right? Oh, inside Unleash the heart. it. Unleash the lion. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, just one more thing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's something called an Iron Packs Challenge. I don't know if you guys know about this or got involved with it last year, but it's coming up at the end of August. Are you familiar with it at all? Yeah, we, uh, I, so when I was out in Hampton Roads, Funny Car told me about it and I thought that was awesome. So I brought back uh, that to, to Fargo. And we started doing some of the workouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I exposed people to murder bunnies. They did not like me. It was going to be murder <laughs> Zamboni, uh -huh. but, um, <laughs> so, uh, and we've actually been doing a bunch of the workouts sporadically here and there, um, kind of to train and get ready for this year's iron packs to see. And I don't know if it, who's all going to do it, but yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. We look forward. Are to this. Doing it? This will be our third year. Yeah, we're we just celebrated our second anniversary of being a region. We planted the shovel flag in May of 2020, so um, yeah, we're a relatively new region as well. But yeah, we do it every year, and uh, yeah, we uh, we look forward to it. We just do it as our Saturday morning beatdown. Yeah. Um, at one of our AOs. So uh, yeah, we look forward to it. It's one of those times a year that it, like it's kind of a check of pushing yourself, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, how how hard can a workout really be? And uh, there is no easy iron packs. No, and when you're comparing sure. yourself to other guys, you ups, push yourself it harder. It ups the intensity a little bit. Yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, carries over through the rest of the year, I think, when you experience it. So, yeah, good luck to you guys when you do it. Well, it sounds like you're already doing yeah, some of the workouts. Yeah, as well. Yeah, thanks. Well, Zamboni, thank you for joining us. I think, you know, dial-up, we've got a guy here who showed into individual initiative. The book that Dredd and OBT wrote is entitled Freed to Lead that described the beginnings of F3 and what it's about. And I think this is an example of a guy who was freed to lead, right? Absolutely. Don't you know, sit back and let it happen. You just got to go after it. Yeah, a lot of episodes we've talked about the you know, the excuses that people have just for posting right. and showing up for a workout. And we're like, uh, uh, okay. And we've heard you know so many stories of guys and the struggles and physical challenges and mental challenges that they've had of that they've overcome and they've, they've still went and they've, they've shown up. 
now here's a guy that launched the whole region, right? right? So like someone out there that's making excuses, like I can't do that. I can't start my own region. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Here's a guy that did it. He did it. You know why? He's a high impact man. He's a high impact. Yeah. All right. Zamboni, thank you very much. God bless you, man. Thank you. God bless you guys. Take care. Yeah, great, big, big thanks to man. Funny Car because I think he's the guy who sent you to me. Oh, I will. I'll be seeing him in a, a couple of months when we're back out in that region. So I'm going to post with those guys again. Awesome. Right. Tell him we said hello. Yeah, give him a hug for me. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> All right. See you, buddy. See ya. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.